0: Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm definitely most interested in the worthless areas. Yeah.
1: So what's my thesis? I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask, what's my thesis? And today, I'm super excited. I have a guest, another guest that I met through the internets, which is one of my favorite things. It's like it literally is social media if you really want to make it social. But Peter Max Lawrence, and I'm hoping that this might be the first name I get right of a stranger did i pronounce that correctly
0: (laughs) yeah you got it perfect all right cool uh yeah it's anglo-saxon so you got it it's
1: fine yeah i know it makes it so much easier that's uh i wonder if we had been colonized by like other cultures if we would be like speaking swahili and those would be the names that would be like super easy to to pronounce Uh, i would assume so yeah so you live in athens right I
0: do. It's actually a very complicated story, but uh, yes, I am living here. I've been here for about six weeks now. Uh, I had an intention to move here uh, about this time next year, but uh, a wildfire devoured my house and all of my uh, art belongings, or belongings, all of my art for the last 30 years. It's not in museums or galleries or private collections.
1: Whoa. So that's,
0: yeah, so it's about, <laughs> the time, or time, it's about the time zone. Yeah,
1: that's insane.
0: Yeah, we got a lot to cover.
1: Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Uh, so did w- burnt down? I'm ass- is that California?
0: No, it was um, actually Southern Colorado, about ninety miles north of Taos, New Mexico.
1: Oh, okay. Um,
0: yeah, it's called the Spring Fire. And uh, there was, uh, uh, if you want the Fox News version, it was an illegal immigrant who started a trash fire that got out of hand. Well, we uh, fucked up ne-
1: everything. Not that I'm oh, illegal. legalist. <laughs> uh,
0: I wouldn't have assumed. Uh, but the fun- the reason it was a Fox thing is uh, they said that, and that was their headline, but they neglected to show the face of the guy. He was actually Danish
1: uh so he's an illegal immigrant from denmark right that's where danes are from right
0: (laughs) he was just off his meds living in the middle of the woods and was burning his trash and apparently had done it several times before and then it got out of hand and i forget the acreage that burned but it's the third largest fire in colorado's history um uh yeah so that's it was about yeah, that was about two months ago. So I had just left to go to San Francisco just to get my paperwork in order to change my um, medical care over to Colorado. And while I was there, while I was there, the fire happened, and I had no place to go back to. So it's very I, when I, I grew up in Kansas City, and I I love Kansas City, uh, Kansas and Missouri equally. Uh, it took a lot for me to move to San Francisco, and I fell in love with San Francisco the first time I went to visit and um i've traveled quite a bit in the last five years professionally and i have to say that uh athens like i would say less than 48 hours i was just enamored by the city so
1: wow
0: yeah barcelona was a close second and like the sense of me feeling like i could live somewhere especially in the european continent Uh, but i don't athens has um I I I hesitate to like use American descriptors or like, you know, it is all very colonial and horrifying. Yeah. Um but uh, Athens has like uh it's the closest thing I've seen. It's kind of like the LA or Mexico City of the European continent is what I would say. That's pretty so, dope. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're in yeah. LA, right? Yeah, I'm in LA, which uh is just started to get cold again. Um Which means
0: 75 degrees
1: or something? Yeah, which means I need, uh, you know, blankets. (laughs) Mm -mm.
0: But... and the snow is rain there. I understand. I understand.
1: Yeah. Oh my God! It thundered the other day, and it was just like I was like my my reaction was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> you you
0: coastal Californians just don't understand thunder. I'm from Kansas, so uh, well, I, miss I lived it. in I miss- Florida,
1: so I. I but it's it, you uh, know okay. you you get you get acclimated to 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 over here. I mean, obviously. When I go back to Florida, I love just sitting in, uh, in screen porches and just hanging out and listening to the rain. And so, like, my house avoid, is...
0: C- Avoiding my- mosquitoes,
1: I Oh, yeah, exactly. The mosquitoes are crazy. That's, I'll, I'll take uh, less rain for zero mosquitoes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even though it means our planet is dying or something.
0: Based so, on the UN
1: report, of course. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's such a bummer like the I, news. I, have a little, I have
0: a quick note though about Florida as well just yeah. to put some icing on the insanity um my poor parents they were renting a place for the last six years or so in Florida on the I think it's called the Treasure Coast I don't know it's like an armpit it's not super far from Tallahassee okay uh, and they had one last so all of their belongings burned in the fire as well and or the house that they built and stuff uh but they had one locker of uh, belongings in Florida, and I swear to God, just two days ago, the hurricane destroyed
1: <laughs> oh, our, Shit.
0: Our, yeah, they have. They have some shitty fucking luck. I swear to God.
1: Oh my God. And like, I mean, it, it's it's uh, we've talked we talk a lot about uh, people's life's work on the show, so <laughs> I can only imagine what it's like to fucking lose all of your work, even if you're not like. Looking at it, uh, and you're actually pretty far into your career, right? I noticed that you, I think you might be the first, I actually haven't looked this up. I don't research my personal friends that much, but, uh, but I mean, not that we're not friendly, but um, we just met. And uh, so you have a Wikipedia page, which I thought was pretty impressive. I don't know yeah, if that means anything or... or, or yeah, <laughs> don't, don't take it too seriously. and don't <laughs> believe
0: everything you read. That's all I got to say.
1: Yeah. You, you have a topic, and you just I just got a little peek at it while we were messaging back and forth via Skype, and I'm super excited, because you're, like, okay. right in my wheelhouse. Awesome. <laughs> so I it, whenever you want to start, I'm good. Or if you want to say anything else before we get going.
0: Well, before we... I mean, to be honest, like, I, I mean, I, I was using the, the topic that I threw at you, which we can, I guess, bring up which is basically more of a way of, like, um, based on what I was uh, – what the, the podcast I've listened to previously. Uh, and by the way, I, I, I was in class with Seth uh, years ago. Oh, um, really? So, yeah, so it's unfortunate we're not on the I'm radio to, to gab about SFAI. Uh, but um, – yeah, uh, I, I actually, the topic I picked, which was somewhere in the sense of uh, 90s independent superhero comics and DIY zines, I'm actually coming from a Kansas City, Kansas, so like a, a Midwestern sense of that, but sort of the queer identity politics that came through that and then how that led me to filmmaking, which cool.
1: is I'm fascinated already. I don't even have anything to interject. I just want to listen. Oh, well, you
0: need to interject because I, I can talk. But I will, I will definitely riff and go into
1: other places. Absolutely, um, that's the show. In a nutshell. Okay,
0: perfect. And and again, try to keep me under uh, keep me under thirty minutes. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs>
1: thirty minutes? No, I need at least six hours. <laughs> okay. That way, I you I know that give, way you do all the work and I do nothing.
0: I can give you I can give you nine hours if you need it. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: But so if it's in your wheelhouse, tell me. I'm I'm actually more
0: interested in when you mean. What do you mean by that? What,
1: well, you a, I mean, you just... the, uh, the '90s were definitely, uh, you know, my uh, intro into comics. I was probably more at the time into, you know, the things that twelve-year-olds, uh, cisgendered, hetero boys are into, which is like the things. Oh, you do just added yourself. <laughs> What's that? I thought you just added yourself. That was funny. I'm gone. Oh yeah, I'm totally. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm totally the patriarchy right here. But, um, okay. but yeah, uh, you know, stuff like, like Wolverine and whatnot. Uh, right now, I've been getting more into some of the more independent things that, that were coming out um, around that time. Like, uh, I was, I think as far as independent comics, I mean, independent superhero comics for me would be when um, Jim Lee left. Uh, and this is like already super nerdy i 'm sure we 're tuning people out, but when Jim Lee left Marvel comics yeah. to uh, to start off uh, image or wildstorm at, it's, at funny image. That
0: that. it's funny that you mentioned that because as you were talking and I was going, I just wrote a note down. I was like, so when that X men uh, expanded nine page cover, and then Jim Lee left uh, to go to Image with the seven other
1: folks yeah did you go toss ahead. Into
0: that? Did
1: you get into Wildcats or? Oh, Wildcats is my favorite. I think, like by far, uh, is is it, you know we got the Alan Moore books that that he wrote and um, and all of that. So I I would say I mean Grifter like they've tried to integrate those characters into um, into the DC universe since they bought them. But it's just not the same. I mean, that whole universe was so crazy. And it, it well, didn't... It was, its own,
0: it was its own, actually the Jim Lee... I mean, essentially, they all started their own book, which had its own universe before and sort of combined in.
1: Oh, is that so, how it was?
0: I mean, I think that was the initial impetus, because especially with the Jim Lee Wildcats, like, they had a key... I mean, that, let's also talk about how it's sort it's an X-Men ripoff, Or actually, it's kind of an Avengers... X Men blend ripoff. But, yeah, um,
1: exactly. Because they're all from one planet, but or most of them are from one planet. And one and, was like a slave
0: demon race, and the other one were like these. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But the
1: the demonites were cool. <laughs> uh,
0: you're you're a voodoo fan. You are a cisgendered white male. Okay, I'm sorry, <laughs> <not white> male.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry. Although I probably am more of a zealot fan. Oh, uh, well, she was hot. Ah, what were you gonna do? yeah
0: yeah i don't um honestly yeah of course, actually wildcats is one of the i think Wait, so how old are you i'm thirty eight okay i'm forty one uh I would say that I had bought some batman it comic books weren't really readily available in the area that I lived in, not okay. even like uh in grocery stores or whatever um but I feel like I was there for sort of the ride. Like, when I got into them, there was a comic book store that opened, and it was like the height of Young Blood and Wildcats coming out. Yeah. And it blew my mind. And as much as I cannot stand Rob Lightfield, Lightfield, Missfield, whatever his fucking name is, um, I do appreciate later on what he went to do, offering Alan Moore uh, and other writers to sort of take over these characters that were obvious and horrible parodies. Of the DC and Marvel characters, so yeah, um, yeah. There's a so <laughs> much. It's, it's the writers. I have to tell you, I follow writers more than artists. But I did start off. I did start off following. Like Jim Lee is an amazing artist.
1: There's no doubt. Um, yeah. Uh, can you name the other seven image uh, artists? Uh, I think uh, Todd McFarlane was one of them, right? Oh, uh, okay. No. Yeah, good job. Uh. That's a Jay Lee?
0: Oh, Jay Lee was not one of the original seven he was number eight but go on
1: uh i mean you are you're already no more than i do <laughs> uh, actually, as, I
0: said, as i said that so clearly i'm like actually is that true i no, i'm pretty sure he was uh he might have been one of the first seven but he was really bad at releasing comics if i i know this for a fact like his, oh uh, yeah yeah
1: no that was that's him. why he probably why he sold the imprint yeah. no
0: yeah, there was... Uh, hold on, let's...
1: Eric McFarlane,
0: I mean, he, I love Savage Dragon, um, uh, which was going to be my lead into my fire story, actually. He, he too, lost all of his art uh, sometime in his late 20s due to a house fire. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. That's why the Savage Dragon starts off with the, him naked. Also, as a gay male, I just got to say, naked, you know, Green Hulk waking up in the fire with a fin... I'm there. I was there. Yeah. I was sold.
1: Well, we were all going uh, through puberty. Uh, there was something for all of us. It's not like the yeah. men are, 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 are yeah. not scantily clad as well. hmm <laughs> Which is where
0: I was going to get with my queer identity politics later. Um,
1: wait,
0: so <laughs> Cyberforce was... Cyberforce was... Uh, shit, I forget his name. Uh, fuck, Cyberforce. I want to say Mark something. Then there was Jim Valentino did Shadowhawk. We are totally losing all these people. This is gonna be the least listened to podcast ever. Um,
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, w- this is like a conversation only we're enjoying right now, which is fine.
0: It's fine. <laughs> that's, that's how I roll. Fine. <laughs> um, but it, it, so. It actually it feeds into the independent nature of what was going on at the time. I didn't quite understand. Like this goes to I, 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 like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, the whole Seattle thing there was this movement culturally where everyone wanted to get away from labels or Ticketmaster or not be controlled. And so it's interesting to like be going through puberty as like this industry that you dipped into suddenly, you see the creative freedom. And mind you, there are some major horrifying mistakes within those, um, I mean, again, all these, the majority of those image characters, the superhero ones were ridiculous. And somewhat obvious parodies of exactly what was already popular, uh Marvel and DC. Yeah. So but whatever. You know, that that opened up another book, you know, in your mind. Like, okay, I can make a character. Like I can have my obvious like uh, you know, remake of Wonder Woman. Which leads us to more Alan Moore. I, I, I really wanna I really I don't know, did you read Promethea?
1: No, I didn't, but uh, uh. But he he definitely left a a pretty good mark on uh, on what's it called on all those books. Wildcat. Yeah, on the yeah, Wildcats. I,
0: I actually think his Wildcats work is some of the just. I mean, it's great, it's fine, but I think it's some of the weaker stuff. What he did to the Youngblood and the Extreme Universe, uh-huh. he had amazing. If you didn't read the Supreme comics, no, no. Uh, so I also was on verse, a budget.
1: So, <laughs> oh. Cool. No, 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 I,
0: I understand completely, actually, the main reason, like, I haven't really been frequently reading comics probably for, like, the last 15 years,
1: because
0: uh-huh. who the fuck, who can the fucking afford them? They're
1: oh, well, one, I, two- not to plug a service, but we, actually, it's terrible, but there's that Marvel Please Unlimited do. thing. Marvel oh, that's Unlimited? Marvel.
0: That's Marvel, though. Yeah. Do they offer other? Yeah, yeah.
1: No, unfortunately, mm-hmm. they're the only ones that do it, and it's a terrible service. Every a couple, every time that they reboot the app, like I can't log in. I'm currently in the process of not logging in, uh, or not being able to log in. So it's it's uh, it's not the best service. I horrifyingly found, and I, don't, I think it's available in the states too, but I did find it here in Europe. There are a couple web
0: pages where people digitally scan comics, just like your, you know your uh, illegal feeds for TV shows. Yeah, yeah they're out there I feel horrible though like I I, like when I often I read stuff and like if I really really am into it I mean this was before my house burned down now I don't care about possessions at all um but I would still go back and buy like there's something about having the comic books and graphic novels for me having them around just as resource material is really important so if something's good if something's good I will I will make sure to attain it on some level
1: somehow yeah. Yeah, I, I I for me though like I'm trying to like cut down on like books <laughs> and and things that take up actual space. Actually, you said something that like now you don't care about uh possessions. Tell me more about that. Expand on that. Obviously losing them all is going to be like uh traumatic, but it seems like you want less now. How does that work? Um-
0: I honestly, I honestly have been doing this probably uh, well so when I moved to San Francisco I was broke from the second I landed there and could barely survive and that's really when I stopped reading comics uh, other than the library system is amazing in San Francisco yeah so I like I'd be like a year behind on um, on stuff um, just reading the condensed uh, graphic novels but yeah with concern to stuff uh, I mean I don't. Yeah. I'm not into possessions. I love vinyl records. I love, like, I'm an audiophile. I fucking, yeah, I would, in my mind, I love to have every fucking graphic novel that meant something to me. But yeah, when, when things is like, I, I basically only had a vintage clothing. I, I've, I've been the same size since I was about 18. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've had the same clothes. And as broke as I've been, um, which I, I hate to keep emphasizing that, but the thing is, it's like, yeah, I'd scrap money together to like buy the things that were important to me. And it was still a fairly small, besides the artwork I make, it was a fairly small grouping. But Mm -hmm. if you, if you're mentally working on that and then, you know, God or whatever takes it away from you, it does make you reassess like the shit's, it's all ethereal like yeah it's it's re- well you can also get to it it's all replaceable everything just whatever um but yeah you can live out of a bag i've been traveling in Europe with like uh basically a small gym bag for i don't know how long and you get used to it i don't you know it's nice to change into a different outfit but as a fag i just have to say that um mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> But you do, you get used to it. You're like, whatever, I have four outfits, it's fine. People no. have to deal with it. It's more of like what you think other people are thinking. Like, why is he still wearing that same shirt? Why, why,
1: why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet.
0: Yeah, so. So
1: So what What would the, um, so you said you follow writers. What would be, How? how um, are you at all a Grant Morrison guy? Who, who are your big guys? I'm actually going to be. The- Doing I do an episode. Grant, so. go, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Uh, I'm actually going to be doing an episode where I'm going to be relying heavily on uh, some of the things that uh, Grant Morrison has said about chaos magic and inventing realities and whatnot. So I find him like a pretty interesting person because I don't know if you've ever listened to him talk about. Uh, and he did the Invisibles. I don't know if you're familiar. That was like a '90s yep. independent comic. So. Um, yeah. And I've been reading well, that. It was, actually, that's
0: Vertigo. It
1: was Vertigo book. It's Vertigo, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I said independent. Um, so, uh, what's it called? Yeah, and it, that book itself is really interesting in that it's all stuff about, um, you know, occultism, modern occultism, and um, and things like that. Like, wh- who are who are your main? So he would be one of my uh, the the people that I would fanboy the most off of. Uh, yeah,
0: that's interesting uh i mean i'm i'm a classic alan moore girl i would i will i'm very upset he stopped writing comics it's um that was like feel- the day the, the day the music died as far as i was concerned but i mean i i think i mean grant morrison's british right yes yeah he's scottish yeah uh, scottish excuse me yes i think british right. is
1: scottish no yeah i think the irish are the only ones that aren't part of the uk
0: we're Americans, so
1: we can be stupid about this. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you're, but you're, uh, you live abroad. You're all fancy and stuff now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds a lot fancier than it actually is. I guarantee you. Yeah. Um, but I would say also, I mean, Alan Moore, almost anything he wrote is worth reading. I'm not a big fan of the stuff he writes, and uh, he has a like some of the stuff that was actually fairly popular. Johnny, the Johnny Depp. Um, It's escaping me now because I don't like it. Uh, The vampire – oh, no, the Jack the Ripper novel. um, Oh, from Hell. From Hell, exactly. Not quite my thing actually. But when he wrote in an American pop voice, he gets it every fucking time. Like he nails it. I would also say Warren Ellis is like – Oh, yeah. I'll follow Warren Ellis to the grave. Um, Well,
1: he just did the new Wildcats or the new uh, Wildstorm stuff for DC, which is amazing. I've
0: only read it like two or three issues. Yes, it is amazing. Um, it's amazing. And uh, it's Neil back Gaiman. in its glory. Yes. Well, we're back in nostalgia. We're we're in charge now, so it's about us uh, and our nostalgia, right? Yeah. Uh, Neil Gaiman, yada, yada. Um, and then, quite frankly, I was reading a lot. Um, there was a lot of stuff. And I, I feel I was also really lucky in Kansas City – uh, some of the, the height of this like independent zine and comic book, uh, scene for, in quotation marks for lack of a better, uh, descriptor was happening. And a couple of those artists went on to be fairly well known, like, um, Jim Muffood, Muffood, Muffood. I've always mispronounced his name, mm-hmm. but he did, uh, he was illustrating for clerks or Kevin Smith for a while. Um, oh, okay. His art. His art's amazing. I was just, I'm like looking out this office window and having these weird flashes of comic book characters. Like, what was Scud, the disposable robot? You remember that one?
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. What 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 um, would
0: be your
1: what would be your favorite Alan Moore books and your favorite? Uh, if if any co- comic uh, novice is listening and wants to get into like. Things that aren't necessarily. I think this would probably be a good conversation for them. So, like, what would be your favorite uh, Alan Moore run? Your favorite um, Warren Ellis? Do you have any idea or or top five? Yes,
0: uh, for sure. Alan Moore again. You can read anything he wrote for American Comics or his own label ABC. Um, Prometheus is one of the greatest books. It's a thirty-two issue series. Uh, you can get it at most libraries in America. It's about – it's got a cultism and uh, it's basically about the apocalypse and magic. It's fucking stunning. Wow. Uh, the character the – car- I'm really surprised you haven't read it. You need to read it. Prometheus. Um, the woman, yeah, definitely. Prometheus. Uh, also, Tom Strong is pretty good. Um, but his run on Supreme or uh, all the extreme comics. Like when he took over Rob Liefeld's line, mm. those were – astounding which also led to what's happening now with the new reboots for like profit and glory and um i feel like they really they they they've done some good stuff using these characters that were sort of that started off as just terrible parodies um but the supreme line of almore on extreme is stunning um those are the best superman stories ever written yeah and it's, yeah uh Warren ellis i mean authority of course um, And pretty much any, I mean, honestly, anything he's written, I'm trying to think of, uh, he had a really great online comics for a while, like Freak Angels or something. It's (laughs) always all free. Um, Oh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, run of course. Oh, uh,
1: yeah, that's one that I need, that is on my to-do list for sure.
0: You gotta get to it.
1: Uh, (laughs) There's so (laughs) many books.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so like... Actually, Neil Gaiman, um, I don't follow as closely, although I've been um dipping into American gods and uh I kinda I think I find his like actual book books more intriguing than his comic book stuff. Sandman never grabbed me. I don't I've read it, but I can't it wasn't like it changed my life. I can say Alan no, Moore. Yeah.
1: And it, it for me the art in that is a little bit um, inconsistent at times like d-
0: well that's what happens when it's dc in charge cuz you know they got deadlines and they want to they yeah. get shit done so yeah. yeah there was there was there was something beautiful about some of those those image stuff where the, it would come out and you'd get like thirsty for it and it would just go away and you're like
1: what, uh, what is yeah, that? no. <laughs> yeah that's pretty much Half of the books that I that I liked back then. Um, have you so so like tell me a, a little bit about how this leads into your broader topic? Because right now we're just like two nerds talking about comics, but I think oh. that, yeah, what what we should maybe try to communicate to people is like how it forms you and and how it informs uh, the things. And I think it's interesting because we have you know like a straight man and a gay man talking about how um this really oversexed <laughs> art form super over super oversexed <laughs> in the early 90s for sure how, how do you feel about for example i mean um midnighter coming out that was a big deal in the 90s oh. was was that was that encouraging yeah. for you or for sure
0: i mean that's yeah that's with authority and with Thor and ellis um yeah uh you know at that time i'd actually I was happy to see it. I had already started to kind of fall. Some of that, like with adult eyes, this is a phrase I like to use. Um, you can adopt it for anything when it comes to, uh, yeah. Midnighter was like, I was great. It was happening. I thought it was an awesome storyline with him and Apollo. Um, uh, it was a little late for me to like get super involved. Um, but I was definitely, I was happy for the new kids to have that. um, uh, yeah, that's, and I, I think that's like a new norm, right? Like they've, Midnighter's popularity was so big, like DC couldn't get rid of him. Like he's one of the characters they brought into the larger universe, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Along with Voodoo, who you <laughs> mentioned earlier. Voodoo. Well, and,
0: and Grifter, who I of course had a crush on, but, um.
1: Well, I, I probably had a straight crush on him too. It's <laughs> just like, he's so cool. And for the longest well, time,
0: we... go ahead. No, no, go no, no. Was, well, you definitely had a straight crush on Wolverine. We all, everyone knows that. We all yeah, get it. We yeah, understand.
1: absolutely. No, I, w- I just thought Grifter was so cool. And for, for you know, early on, I was like, "What the fuck is his superpower that he just shoots really straight?" <laughs> he was, he
0: was basically all the GI Joes you wanted to hang around with. But yeah, with a exactly.
1: <laughs> but and then um, he's also a con artist, which makes him uh, extra cool. So. Yeah.
0: Because he's a a grifter. (laughs) (laughs) That's the other beauty of, like, growing up with a lot of these, like, obvious names. And as a kid or teenager, not quite understanding.
1: Yeah. Oh, I didn't know what a grifter was at all. I was like, why is this harsh word his name? Just because. Just because.
0: Yeah. So you're asking... um, well you're asking why comic books matter for me with queer identity like um i think i just was drunkenly telling my friend when i was coming out of the closet sometime in the late 90s or no it was mid 90s but i remember telling her i was like batman i was just trying to break it down real simple you know not get into the indie comics but i'm like batman is like there's a reason he's so popular for both queer and straight folks. But for queer, it's this idea, it's the closet, like the costume's the closet. You're, you're mm-hmm. able to express yourself and do these other, have a different life, you know, um, be this other thing. And uh, I mean, it seems so simple when you think about it as an adult, but at the time, you know, you're like, why do I identify with these? I'm I'm also adopted, and I'm from Kansas. So, of course, and my name's Peter. So I've got Peter Parker.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got,
0: I've got the Smallville, Kansas. And then I've got this idea of, like, wanting to be part... Batman is actually the villain. That's a separate topic. Um, he represents everything horrible in capitalism. Rich person who thinks he can solve everything. But, um... Yeah, and far? he's
1: like, you know, authoritarian decision-making. <laughs> which is why Alan Moore's
0: run on him is so amazing, because it's true, like, a lot of those villains only exist because he's Batman. It's not like uh, he was actually stopping anything.
1: Which he's which one the, are you talking about? Are you talking about the Dark Knight? Mm, I was,
0: no, that's Frank Miller, who actually oh, I do sorry, not yeah. enjoy.
1: I kind of uh, confuse no, them
0: sometimes. It's okay. It's all right. It's it's very complicated. the The listeners are going to be very confused. Um, no, the killing joke by Alan Moore is pretty stunning. That's where he sh- ends up. Sh- spoiler alert: he shoots Batgirl in the back. And
1: yeah, well, I mean, she was Oracle for a while, so everybody knows that she got hurt. Do it's they, not too big of a spoiler. Do they know that? Oh, um... <laughs> all right, we know that. <laughs> So you liked the Killing Joke? It was pretty dark. The The, the, um, I haven't read. I know that there's like some storylines right now with the Joker. The Joker's probably one of the scariest, even before the um, the um, Heath Ledger movie. Yeah, exactly. Even before that, he's he's pretty fucking terrifying. As far as like, uh, um, there's I don't know if you if you play video games at all, but there was the uh, Injustice video game. And, uh, I do not play two
0: games, I'm sorry This no, is where you okay. lose me This is, this is where I <laughs> turn into an old man and crumble into a ball I'm sorry
1: <laughs> No, it's fine The um, So in that game it's a, it's a fighting game where DC comic characters Fight each other In that game, he has this move where he takes out A, a crowbar And he just beats the shit out of the opponent And like, that still gives me shivers It's like <laughs> He is just such a terrifying It's like there really is nothing more insane, more more uh, terrifying than a normal human being without superpowers that is completely crazy, but sounds rational at times, and you can like kind of understand where they're coming from. Uh, they can kind of persuade you to their point of view. Like that's maybe one of the scariest uh, villains I think in comics. Um, well, he's, I mean he's a, he is a metaphor for – I mean whatever generation,
0: even the 1960s TV show, he represents the, that character in particular. And yes, it, it is a brilliant character. It seems so obvious and kind of like um, sort of flaccid or uh, – placid, I should say on the surface. But he, um, he represents terrorism from every angle. Like that's how he's constantly rewritten. That's, yeah. that's why there was an update on his character. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and they just I think they just revealed his identity and they were like like in I haven't read oh, the they've books. They done that like
0: seventeen hundred times and they change it. To, it's well it's the, poor,
1: the, I, the I think this time Jackie it was it was what's his face? Um the big reboot guy at DC, uh I forget his name, Geoff uh Joff Joff Jones? Jones, no? yeah, Joff Johns I I uh he's like and he wrote it where it's like he's actually three different people. So I get course it, it's it's or there's actually three different jokers, so I don't even know how that plays out, but it's pretty interesting. How do you feel about these characters, especially the more iconic ones and or how do you feel about comic book movies because that's something that's interesting to me in terms of like um just like it is a style of cinema now right and yeah. and it is a style that can be referenced and uh you look at like um I think the guy's name is Stephen Wynn, the the um, the director of, or I, I actually don't know his name, the director of Kung Fu Hustle and all those movies who starts uh, referencing The Matrix in in Kung Fu Hustle and whatnot uh, with all the um, uh, Agent Smiths and like and it, they're they're constantly making references, cinematic references. I think that like somewhere down the line, we're really gonna get into this. Uh, interesting world where like there might be a scholarly study <laughs> of this period in, th- in cinema. Uh, how do you feel about Perfect.
0: that? Yeah. I don't think we have a choice. I mean, I have multiple things to say on that so we could go for days. Um, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I I'm re I've been very disappointed by the majority of comic book films. Um, mostly, uh, I agree with what you just said with concern to their sort of, um, references and with re- references which actually leads to the image thing so now it's become so ubiquitous there's the parodies of them like deadpool is a good example now like it's yes. a better deadpool is a better film than it is a com- i've never was into deadpool um it's really immature not, the comic yeah for sure and and quite frankly the cinema is as well to a certain degree but the thing is it's an acknowledgement of you know what we're all digesting so it's yeah it's I mean, I'm trying, like, I can. There are films that I respect, and as a whatever, a pseudo filmmaker, uh, video artist, uh, there's stuff that's just like stunning. Uh, And then there's like my version of camp, like Supergirl, the 1982 Supergirl. Is it 83, 82? I think that's a stunning fucking film. But I'm going to have to watch it.
1: I like Supergirl.
0: That's my showgirls, you know, Supergirl Supergirls. <laughs> like, I've never seen Showgirls. I'm bad gay. I get in trouble all the time. But I'm like, have you seen fucking Supergirl with Faye Dunaway as the villain?
1: What? Really...
0: Whoa, that yes. sounds dope. <laughs> yes. Yes, Queen. I'm, I had to bring out a yes, Queen.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, pretty... it's appropriate right there. Uh, that's but cool. The,
0: the current lot are, I got to say, like, I like the first Guardians of the Galaxy. A majority of the Marvel movies, like I can't even tell you how horrible Iron Man two and three are. It breaks my soul.
1: Um, they're pretty bad, yeah.
0: They're just. I wouldn't. I mean, the only redeeming quality as an adult is like it's Paltrow turning into a giant lava monster or whatever. Um, Spoilers. That was. <laughs> I'm not spoiling that movie. It's so bad. No one can spoil it.
1: (laughs) You didn't like the relationship that uh, he had randomly with a kid for one movie, and then that kid never shows up again in any movie? I'm pretty. Was that? It was Iron Man 3. Yeah. There's one scene that everyone talks about.
0: It was heartbreaking. He was bonding with the kid. He might become Iron Man 2. No. I don't care. It was horrible.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What do you think Uh, of. Sorry, uh, on. So uh, do, are there so Guardian Guardians is the only one that you liked?
0: I mean of the Marvel, I mean like as a piece that you can watch again, like the first Guardian. I mean James Gunn's an amazing director, so uh his other work uh is all watchable and he works in other genres that I don't really I'm not a huge horror fan. Mm-hmm. Um so like is it Slither and then like um Super. That that one film, Super, is actually a really good. That's a good superhero. Oh, film.
1: that's the Rain Wilson one with. Um, yeah, that's a good film. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I hear there's a oh, rape wow. scene where um, Ellen Page rapes somebody.
0: Um, that's not coming to mind right now, but it sounds right. I like.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm glad I brought up rape randomly then. <laughs> what? Why not?
0: We're just two men talking. We can talk about rape all we want. Um, joke, joke. No, joke no, 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 no.
1: Like. I <laughs> I think people understand that we are very uncomfortable right now.
0: <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable in Athens talking about all these things. Uh, the Dark Knight, of course. I mean, I when I first saw it, I thought it wasn't that good of a film. Like whatever my initial reaction. Maybe I was too. Stone, it is a pretty stunning piece of cinema, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm to i want to give you—I want to keep on a positive note because I do like the Star Wars. I can't even talk about how much Star Wars has disappointed me and hurt my soul. And um, uh, yeah, George I was
1: into—I was into uh, the Last Jedi the first time I saw it, but on second viewing, I was like, "Oh wait, there are some serious like plot holes here," which I won't get into. But uh, no.
0: Not even plot holes, it's just um, some serious... Uh, <laughs> just some serious... <laughs> uh, all I know is the first Star Wars is actually a terrible movie, it really is. Um, Empire Strikes Back is an excellent film, so I'll stand with that. But that had a spiritual element to it, or some sort of, like, sense of, like... As a, I remember walking out of the theater of Empire Strikes Back, that was probably the first film, like, as a kid. I was, like, five or six, and this is why I don't want to take away from the new films. Cause I know the kids walk out and have similar feelings, mm-hmm. but as an adult, as an adult watching these things that are like, or imprinted or like repeated to you, um, I stand by empire strikes back. Like it has, it has, it's also, it's realistic. It's a, it doesn't end well. It's like this very, uh, deeply disturbing message, but also it's about a journey of the the hero, like learning something and learning about the world. The rest of it really like in a very short summation is basically American war propaganda on like sort of like conditioning kids to be like, there's good guys and there's bad guys. We'll fight. Some will win. But the thing about star Wars that really currently disturbs me is that we are looking at it. Um, the empire is America. And I don't mean that in like some radical
1: leftist sense. No, no, just, no that, Yeah. That's like, there's a whole subreddit about that. The empire did nothing wrong. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know about the Empire, didn't do anything wrong. But the thing is, it's even more strange conditioning because as Americans, and this fits into our whole, like, Civil War and Civil Rights history, which is, like, the rebel is always, that's who you're rooting for. So that franchise is really strange in the sense that you have this uh, people rooting for this thing. Like, you identify with the characters that are actually fighting the system that you're in, which is making you available to watch the movie that you're seeing. Yeah. Is that, is that too far? I don't know. No, 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 no.
1: You, you know, and I think that that's a lot of the pushback that people are giving the movies now. Uh, it, like, I think a lot of the criticism is sort of this idea that it's, um, it's liberal politics and, and whatnot and anti-establishment. Uh, but it really has always been a, a story of like, you know, Insurgents fighting uh, <laughs> an established government, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, which is the history of our, you know, the, well, the history of the version of the world we live in right now, which is we fighting the British. I mean, that's why they're, all those uh, imperial commanders had British accents. But, um, whatever. He also, the prequel, you know what? I'm starting to revisit the prequels, which were horrible, and we don't even yeah. need to explain that. But in retrospect of the new films, I found the last one to be so, so bad. I, can't, I watched it actually here in Greece um, with Greek subtitles um, last winter. I was so appalled. <laughs> but I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was because I wasn't in America. I don't know. But I just watched the – what's it called? The Force Awakens?
1: No. The, yeah, the last one was The Last Jedi. Force Awakens was la- the, one, w- the one before.
0: Sorry, the titles are getting so boring and muddled I can't keep track yet. Um, yeah, we're um, – Laura Dern is uh, – Princess yeah. Leia's a s- secret lesbian lover. Yeah,
1: that one. <laughs> oh, um, is that what was happening there? That's exactly <laughs> – that's exactly – you didn't see that? Oh, no, you didn't no. see that. I just thought they had a mutual respect for each other. Oh, yeah.
0: No, no, that's not – no, no. It's it's Disney. It, can't, it has to be more obvious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I'm going too far, but or not going too far. I'm just. I really hate Star Wars right now, and it it hurts me because that was my childhood. It really. Yeah. 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 Um, sorry, that was another tangent.
1: No, that's fine. I, I, I. It's interesting to me. What I find interesting is that, like, okay, so you, you know, with the um, with the prequels, there's a whole generation of kids that grew up on that uh, on those prequels, and they love. them. And they love though, that
0: shit. Yeah. They, they love, love them that shit. even
1: though they're absolute garbage, right? And so I think that that like, kind of goes to what I'm saying is like there's gonna be a whole generation because this whole th- thing of like making movies, serializing movies the way that comics have always been, right, is is what I find most fascinating. Yeah. So like now we kind of are in this weird place where people are making movies that um, that like are they're already planning franchises and they bomb before they even get off the ground right mm-hmm. and so that balancing act is suicide squad suicide
0: squad
1: sorry. yeah suicide <laughs> squad and all of that or no, or not just even that like i think there's like they um well they just turned uh the uh, what's this called um unbreakable and split into a trilogy now they're coming out with glass and it's just like they're just—it's this cash grab for like. I think there was a period where it was all horror movies that were really popular, like in the um, Paranormal Activity. That's what was selling, and right now, obviously, people are going to get burnt out on this. But yes, but the movie making, they- the the the, the movie making techniques, the 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 things of like, um, you know, tying seven different movies. I mean, I don't even know how many movies have come out in the Marvel Empire at this point. Well, right? you.
0: The, the sick sad part is Marvel is already ahead of this, and they are geniuses when it comes to the marketing. They're, this next Avengers, the second half of the other horrible film, is going to reboot the universe. Yeah. So that also goes contractually with the actors. So it's that that part fascinates me as an adult, too. Like, okay, these people either get paid an enormous amount of money to come back, or they come up with, like, uh, sub roles, and then they... Well, you'll see. I I have my theories about what they're going to do with the Avengers, and then I'm all for like, um, yeah. I wish some of the films that I grew up with had had some of the special effects that are available now. Yeah. Just to like help the story along, but also I think like um, I've really been revisiting uh, Batman Returns, which I know a lot of people don't like uh, the Michelle Piper. <laughs>
1: The, 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 movie, the movie that Tim Burton bought a whole bunch of uh, set lights and turned them all off for?
0: Is that what happened? I love
1: it. Um, <laughs> no, I think that's the, the joke about Tim Burton movies, though, that he just doesn't light his sets. He, well, before he went to make, I mean, the
0: problem with the Johnny Depp problem and the Helena Bonham Carter, I can't. Tim Burton was a decent director and I don't know what, would, I don't know what happened. I don't yeah. know what happened. I still I still don't know what happened. But anyway.
1: It's it started to happen around big fish.
0: Huh. Which is actually washable. I would argue it happened with uh,
1: No, actually. He
0: you know, I have this theory or like sometimes I only have so much room in my brain. And it's like uh, for the longest time and this goes to a gay joke, I was like, I don't have room for Mariah Carey. I just don't have room for her anymore.
1: <laughs> now mind you, this is like this when did was you in make 90s, that decision? But... That seems like a pretty pretty formative one. This was in the '90s. That's what I'm trying to get to.
0: <laughs> like, I don't have room. I don't have room for Christina Aguilera and Mariah Carey. I just don't. I just, I just, I just don't. So um, you picked one? Would you picked Christina Aguilera? Oh, like for two years, and then I was like, oh, I'll take Mariah. I'll take Mariah back. It's fine. Um, you can swap. You can swap them. It's fine. Okay. The blondes. Don't forget, in the late '90s, the blondes like the Jessica Simpson. I was like, I just don't have room for you. I have no idea. I just can't I can't No keep one up.
1: had room for Jessica Simpson.
0: <laughs> Until she not, married Nick something. I forget his name.
1: Not even straight guys had uh time for her.
0: Oh that's wow, who, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: There's just there's such a thing as too dumb.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of that, when you were or when you were reading comics in the '90s, were you? So that was the bad. That was like the height of the bad girl. Um, was it bad girl? There was a different term they were using. No, where it was like all these sort of like anti-hero. Uh, I'm thinking of Vampirella and like Lady Death, and um, there was a whole series of these comics of like. Disproportionate body, busty. Oh yeah, uh, antihero. Yeah, I mean voodoo. I guess would go into that as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Sorry. you you no. said you wanted to get into like the zines and the identity politics. Uh, um, what what do you what do you have uh, to say about all that? Because to me, this is you know like you you don't necessarily always get to talk to first of all comic book nerds. Period. But then, like, this is Real really fascinating. What's that?
0: I, I, I hesitate to use the word nerd, but uh, I understand what you're saying. Aficionados. Uh, people, this, <laughs> no, people – no, this, this – if I have one bone to pick and you just put something in there. Um, as someone who is really obsessed with comic books, um, it has been a little painful to watch people say they're into them and it's all – it's really the films or like – and even when they say they like that, it's kind of like this gleaned version um, yeah, if you're deep in the weeds, like mm, yeah, we didn't even talk about Toxic Avenger. Or, we've got. Lots I never got to. into
1: Toxic Avenger, um, but That's
0: like 80s parody, it's
1: awesome. Um. So, like, but so how, I get. I, I want to hear a little bit about this identity politics thing. Um, mm-hmm. Because that's something that is of interest to me, obviously. I, it, we had two episodes on it. But uh, but I think that it, from your standpoint, the experiences, especially in the 90s, you know, like it was um, like one of the things that I am relieved for like future generations is just the lack of homophobia also helps straight people a little bit because you're not... Um, constantly dealing with emasculation in that question. I think that, like, the idea of being gay when I was younger was terrifying. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I I hope that's not uncouth of me to say, but it really was. No, no. But, I, I, no, it was
0: terrifying for me. That's the part. This is where the identity politics kick in. But yeah, go on. So, so for
1: me, what I find interesting about, first of all, I, I find – the things that you're posting on Instagram to be fascinating. You post yourself oh. in, in, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it even drag because I don't yeah, know that is it, is it drag. definitely drag? It's not drag for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, wouldn't call, I wouldn't call it that, but you do some, um, first of all, like when I look at some of those images, I'm like, oh, that's a beautiful man, right? Which is a term that you don't necessarily associate with men. Yeah. But um, there is something really empowering about the way that you – that when I see you in high heels, you're very uh, – you're kind of real thin-ish, right? Very, and some,
0: very, very and, real And thin. somewhat
1: tall. So it's not a body type – it's not – a body type that you're used to seeing in necessarily too many contexts, but then to see it in that context, I don't know. I find I haven't never actually seen any of your performances or really experienced any of your work. I've only seen your Instagram feed, but you document some of your performances on there. And so I find that real, like, I, first of all, I find your images really empowering. Uh, so, Thank you. So, well, Appreciate that. And 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 not for me, but for you. I feel like this is, like, it's one of those things I was thinking before we started talking. Um, like, I like the way I look in a suit, but it's not necessarily... Me too. <laughs> it's not necessarily my, my go-to outfit, right? I'm probably much more comfortable in hoodies. And when I see those images of you, I'm like, this is a person that is really comfortable in what they're wearing right now, which is essentially almost nothing, right? Because you're, 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 you're showing a lot of skin, and leg. you're in, usually leg but yeah.
0: It's usually leg. mostly leg. I'm a little embarrassed by my upper body, but I'm working on
1: it. Go on. Oh, but I've seen your upper body. Yeah, <laughs> I for think sure. it's gorgeous I, mean, I have tofu tits. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Tofu tits. I've never heard that. I'm going to have to go on Urban Dictionary later and <laughs> I I made it up. I made it up, so. <laughs> And what's a tofu tit look like? It looks like you just have tofu for nipples. No, it's when you've been a
0: vegetarian for like, or a vegetarian and vegan for almost 10 years, uh, it does happen in the male body, the estrogen can build up. And even though I'm super real thin, uh, certain things pocket up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I used to be embarrassed by them, but now I I enjoy them immensely. They're fine.
1: Oh, I, well, I just (sighs) took it all in as part of you and it looks great, but, um, but yeah, so the identity, but what I find interesting like we're talking about something that usually I associate with like you know uh mouth breather guys that you know uh forty year old virgin types right um, okay. even that's that's sort of the stigma with being like especially as well versed in comics as you are, I think you might even be more uh I think you might have even been into them a little bit more in the nineties than I was um because i was like trying to assimilate to american culture <laughs> i remember going to comic yeah. books sh-
0: we all have our own
1: struggles. We all. Have our own struggles. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I remember. Like this is how lame. This is a lame story that I'm gonna really enjoy telling. Um, when Wait. I first moved to the U.S., I would go to comic book shops, and I would see the confidence with which other kids would talk to the comic book store owner, and I'd be jealous of that. And then, like you know, now you look at at how culture sees that. Like you look at the Simpsons comic book guy. I'm like, I didn't necessarily want to talk to that guy. <laughs> I just didn't know how to like connect with people. So. That was one of the best characters, like I can't even tell you in the eighties and nineties.
0: That guy that is who ran the comic book store. Oh, not absolutely. in my particular Not my particular situation in Kansas. I have my own little fun story that I'll put in the narrative later. But um yeah, that guy exists ubiquitously. He's stunning.
1: But there is a lot of, like, like we talked about, there's definitely a lot of sexuality being explored in those comics. Uh, and so, so like, t- tell me about this identity uh, thing. That, that, that Because I think that there is going to be some overlap, and then there's also going to be uh, some divergence. And I'm interested in finding that space or defining uh, you- it.
0: Within the sense of, like, the identity... I mean, uh, and I, I said identity politics, that's my own fault. Um, I mean, it's it's true because it's something we can't get away from. We're in a culture war that's actually been imposed on us by people who say there was a culture war that I don't necessarily believe was going on. As someone, as, like, a repressed homosexual in Kansas, um, all I know is, like, one of the... For me, uh, I mean, I everyone has a different story on, like, when they knew or they were gay or... Uh, These things are, uh, it's as singular as every individual you meet. Um, I'm pretty, I have a very clear idea that I was well aware of it at a very, 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 very early age. I also, my parents are some of the sweetest human beings on the planet. They told me I was adopted from the moment I understood what that meant. And so I personally can only speak from the sense of, um, I just know that, my family loved me and i also knew that like i was in this special position in the sense that uh, i had been given up and someone had taken me in so there was an extra added like knowing that i was gay and then knowing that uh i didn't want to disappoint the the people that were taking me in Mm -hmm. um i had to like create um in my mind like i my parents you know at this point like were nothing but supportive, and I, I I revel in this story because I often talk to so many people who, of course, we all have problems with our parents, and I'm not saying they're they were absolutely perfect, nor was I. I was a fucking demon, by the way. Um, there's nothing.
1: <laughs>
0: there's nothing worse than a repressed homosexual as a teenager. Let me tell you, um,
1: <laughs> or let them
0: tell you. Let them tell you, uh, but. That said, I the healthy outlet was comics. Like well, honestly, also honestly, I hate that phrase now that Trump has smirched <laughs> it. So, uh, I think I think I also had an unhealthy obsession with WWF as a kid. Okay, and I like a truly unhealthy obsession with it. And um, I didn't even quite understand. Like that's even before I understood like it wasn't even about sexual desire. It was just like, um, I, I, I actually don't even have the, the words right now, but I, I, all, all I know is that at a certain point, comic books, uh, were no one was going to judge me. Like they were going to judge me for reading and being geeky or whatever. The term was at the time, but no one was going to be like, Oh, and also you have to understand too. Like I've been drawing since I, like I used to get in trouble as a kid. And the first thing I would do is draw. Mm-hmm. when my, if my toys got taken away or, um, I was grounded. I mean, my parents learned very quickly that they had to take paper and pen away from me because, uh, yeah, like if you had to ground me, I literally, if you really wanted to punish me, you had to put me in a corner. And even then I would use my imagination and be like, recreate the toys and create stories, yada, yada. Um, no, there's many times where I got grounded and I, uh, my brother would have access to the toys and then I would come out from being grounded for like two weeks and I'd have a whole new set of toys. I had just created by sitting down and drawing on like, you know, uh, spiral paper or whatever. That's dope. Like, like he-, 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 he man, you know, I was obsessed with he man yeah. and they took all the away. And so I just redrew them and played with, played with those paper. Dolls. Nice yeah so um is that is that feeding into what we're asking i'm
1: sorry I... yeah no uh well and then like i mean what characters were were important to you obviously wolverine was was a big one how did you how did uh, wolverine speak to you specifically well i'm glad you asked <laughs> um i'll tell you specifically... some of the things that 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 i that that, that it, it, it impacted me but go ahead you first well i i
0: no, i can't wait to hear it. um well, because I also just want to be – for me, as a comic, this is the difference between comics and movies and whatnot. And Hugh Jackman's an amazing person. I, I hear. He's I know where up, you're going. Sweet. Go ahead. Yeah. I identified with Wolverine because he was this short, stumpy. Like the fact – like in the comics, uh, I'm not always accurately drawn. But if you read enough of them, you understood he kind of w- – he was a freakish. Like he was this small uh, bundle of lightning. It's like yeah, and then they you know, get him in the movie, and he's an Australian. Is like, whatever, six foot tall.
1: And then the other thing that they dropped the ball on is that um, Wolverine is hairy. He's got a hairy back. He's got hair everywhere. And yeah. as a hairier person, that really spoke to me. Yes, they let you down in the movies, didn't they? They let you down. Yeah. I, I, I would love feel... for them to recast him more 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 true to what the original was. And none of those movies were actually any good at all, <laughs> unfortunately, except for the uh, last one.
0: <laughs> I I actually argue the X-Men 2 is all right, but
1: it's um but only no, no, because I mean I, I... I mean the Wolverine movie specifically.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah, my computer, yeah, I was watching Wolverine, is it 3, Logan, whatever. Mm. Um that computer I was watching that on the computer that that's one that's one of the burned to the fire. I, I went on vacation. I was coming back. I'm like, yeah, i watched watch the last 30 minutes of Logan. No, I still haven't seen it. So. Oh, it's pretty good. But what, you know what I argue, though? I mean, it's similar to the Hulk. If you're going – if they have that technology, Wolverine might have to be like a CGI character or uh, – because he's a mutant. He's like this – he's another being. Like he had a whole very specific – uh, size and style. And yeah, the movies didn't capture that at all. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So how, what, what did, was your thing?
1: how did he speak oh. to you? Like what, what, what was, uh, what were the things about him other than the fact that he's short? Cause you're tall though, right?
0: But I was very short in high school though. I should tell you oh, okay. I was, it's all, I, I, uh, I wanted to be on the basketball team desperately. They refused to let me on. Um, I was also terrible. I had no coordination. Uh, I went to a very – I went to a small school, though, so they needed as many people on the team as they could possibly get. And I went out for it, and they were just like, nope. Uh, and then I started getting into art, and I was uh, – I got commissioned to do the Life of Jesus mural on the second floor of the uh, the bishop ward, the school I went to. This and is in Kansas? I, yeah, it's Kansas City, Kansas. Wyandotte County, to be clear. Uh, not Overland Park. For those of you listening, and
1: <laughs> yeah, you. Very important,
0: this is the regional, you got to get clear. Um, I have a very distinct memory of like my art teacher commissioning me to do commissioning in quotation marks, uh, to do like a mural of Jesus's life. And my friend Allison and I started painting it and we only got through halfway and then that was a spring semester. And then the fall semester started and we were like gearing up to finish Jesus and I just remember the – I over that summer, I grew my body that I have now uh, in less than two months. And it was like so painful. It felt yeah. like uh, the Hulk. it was like an origin story. Not the Hulk but – or Spider-Man. It was just so horribly painful. Like my bones, every joint, my nipples ached. I'm sure – this is some of those things they don't tell you about in puberty, that your nipples yeah. as a male – the nipple, the nipple twist. There's a reason guys do that to each other, because they're in pain, <laughs> and it hurts even more. No one talks about it. <laughs> no, they anyway. don't. But, thank you. This is the book I'm working on, The Things I Never Told us. <laughs> but I, I, I grew into this body, and then they wanted me to be on the basketball team, and I was like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm already like reserved to finish the Jesus mural. And they were like, you want to be a faggot, or you want to oh, be a man? Yeah, and I just remembered very distinctly looking at the coach of the basketball team, Joel Heider, God rest his soul. And I looked at him and I said, I don't know about a faggot, but I want to be an artist.
1: <laughs> and he said, same thing. <laughs> Basically,
0: that's exactly what he said. That's exactly what he said.
1: Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah, so um, that was another tangent. Here we go.
1: Oh, this is that's all this show is, man. It's all good. Rock and roll.
0: Tell, um, give me your next one. Wait, 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 what about Wolverine for you? You didn't get to that.
1: Oh, just... Uh, first of all, like, the idea of something that size, of someone that size having that much power, because, like, mm-hmm. the, the Fastball Special, for example, right, is when... Yes. When Colossus... Oh, we're nerding out now. When Colossus picks up uh, Wolverine and he just throws him at people. <laughs> yep. and so and then the idea of Berserker, like it's uh it's so much power in this little package, right? And and I think when you're when you're a teenager, when you're growing up, it is empowering. It's sort of like uh, you brought up He-Man and I don't know if you've seen that well I don't know if you have Netflix out in Athens, but there's a um, there's a series called The Toys That Made Us and um mm. uh, and they talk I about I started watching I did it so they, they, they on. on the He-Man one they talk about how this guy was just obsessed with making um you know, a, a a huge, powerful, big, and if you look at at uh, He-Man compared to the other action figures of the time, the Star Wars figures, the GI Joes, like proportionally, yes. it's a completely different scaling system, right? He's just like massive. He was, was a real. He was a real man. He was yeah, like, oh. exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, mm-hmm. he's a He-Man. <laughs> That's such an a funny name, though. <laughs> I was always
0: I was always a Shira girl. I gotta tell you though, too. But go on, go
1: on. Yeah. So, so. So in that thing, what they talk about is – in that documentary, what they talk about is how the whole premise of He-Man was – giving kids the power and his line is i have the power so i found i found wolverine very much empowering in that way but instead of being like a huge muscly guy he's a really powerful small guy um who's essentially immortal but then just gets destroyed like physically destroyed i think there's like something there's like an emotional metaphor of like uh, this this person who just you know he gets burnt down to his skeleton and then he can still regenerate like um, so and there's don't forget. like a, a, don't forget a resilience yeah and he's Canadian, yeah, and, he's Canadian. <laughs> and he started with Alpha Flight <laughs> which
0: had the first Al gay comic character as far as mainstream comics go yeah who was that um, I. Again, I'm a bad gay. I just know he was an Alpha Flight. That's
1: all I remember. <laughs> I don't know all the Alpha Flight characters, but that's Who that, would,
0: why would you want to know? They were, it was a terrible book. It was a terrible book.
1: Well, that's that's how powerful that character was, right? That he started off in this book, and then now he's in everything. He's almost Spider Man. If he wasn't a mutant, he would be his own thing.
0: He's their most popular character. I would think. I would say he surpassed Spider Man for a while but um because the 90s 90s cartoon the 90s cartoon really brought him into the fold like everyone was like wolverine 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 wolverine
1: yeah it's cool man to have just claws that you can fuck shit up with you know
0: and you're right he's you're right the i didn't even really take into the his constant deconstruction he was constantly being Mutilated to the bone and then regenerating, so he is a, an amazing metaphor for like just survival, of like the world,
1: yeah, so that's that's kind of what why I was drawn to him. I still have a massive poster that like uh in storage somewhere that I'm just too old to put up in my apartment because I want Jim, ladies is to it, respect me <laughs> is
0: it, that's your own problem you gotta you gotta work past that is it. <laughs> Is it a Jim Lee or illustration or is it? Yeah, that a- it's
1: Jim Lee. It was, it was, uh, right around his, uh, the height of his stuff.
0: Well, to Jim Lee's credit, he is one of the most anatomically correct, uh, when it came to those super proportions, like he did a really good job of maintaining those characters. I thought, but yeah, I mean, I say that now I'm thinking of Zealot and I'm thinking maybe not so true, but, um,
1: well, what do you think about, uh, what's it called, Gambit as a character? Because that's a character that came into being... I find him a little annoying. <laughs> well,
0: Gambit is the character... Well, I would say, as a gay male, I'd say that we, uh, somehow, on many levels... I mean, I'm... I wasn't part of the Kitty Pride situation. Um, so Rogue really spoke to me. And not the movie Rogue. Rogue is... And, and I love the actress, but... Uh, I did appreciate the uh, Conquel character immensely, and I would say that I think vicariously Gambit's like the boyfriend you knew you. He was like the bad boy boyfriend. Um, but they did that with Wolverine too, with Cyclops and Jean Grey, so yeah, um, I guess I can't go. I, I mean, his powers
1: don't – his powers make more sense than Storms. Um, and I'm sure oh, I don't have a problem with his powers. I just my thing with him is just that he's um it, it's it's annoying to read uh, uh, Cajun <laughs> and Poor, it's not
0: o- always poorly written.
1: Written,
0: poorly written American New York version of Cajun go
1: on yeah, yeah, exactly. so that's kind of where where I, I, uh, Gambit loses me but uh, but yeah, I, as far as uh, how about that relationship um a couple that can't touch.
0: Yes. Again, this is the like that's where this is where the movies lose me. They don't spend enough time. I mean, a lot of this stuff is meant to be like. Now we know with Game of Thrones and Watch Watchmen series is about to come out on HBO or they're filming oh, it or something. Oh,
1: Yeah. Like oh, the yeah, comic yeah. book Watchmen.
0: Um. Apparently, it's going to be some sort of like regurgitated reboot it's not going to be the movie it's going to be they're using some of the same characters but i don't know uh i think they're going to go more for like an american gods kind of feeling on it okay um but that said uh yeah this that's the part of the comics like it's hard to explain to people who don't like delve into them and i can understand like i'm a huge buffy fan and like when yeah. i realize that when people can't get into buffy like they can't watch it I can totally understand where, like, some of these books, um, you know, I mean, they're not they're, – they can be far more intellectual than people give them credit for, and, again, back to writers, whoever is writing the story. Um, they, they seem to, in the movies, because of the time constraints and they have to do these, like, the battles, like, that's the part I don't think people – kind of get when they love they say they like comics or they like the movies and don't really read the comics. The comics are a soap opera. They yes, there's action and you, of course, as you spoke with the Wolverine, there are those moments but they stick out because they emphasize a plot, right? They're part yeah. It's like an integral moment of like what's happening with the character. And so like just that simple thing that you mentioned with like uh, Rogue and Gambit not being able to touch. They fucking drew that out for decades in the book. Like, yes. So many plot lines around that. And also with Kitty Pride being able to disappear and loving a man whose skin is fucking steel or whatever. It's just those little emotional tags are far more important when you're reading or like when you're invested in the character, you know? Um, The movies, they don't. uh, That's why I think some of it needs to. Even. The the Spider-Man series is a perfect example. They were doing a really decent job with the Tobey Maguire films until the third one, which we don't even need to go into. But um, if they had been able to maintain that, like actually treat Spider-Man as a serial character, like and see his progression from high school, his college years back to Buffy. That's why Buffy was amazing, like watching these these, – watching her grow – Like, yeah, some of those seasons are too long and it was a different way of uh, framing uh, timelines. But uh, you have to invest in the character and that's part... Like, watching them actually change as human beings is super important. And in the films, they have to get to these, like... It's all propaganda. That's why most American mainstream... Major cinema is. I don't feel, generally speaking, has anything to say other than sell toys and sell the concept of like battle. So
1: yeah, and and selling the concept of IPs as well, right? Uh, the uh, intellectual properties that they can, which is where where the backlash is going to start coming. I think for a while, independent films started to get a little too independent filmy. Which is maybe why we're heading into this. Uh, I don't think
0: I understand what you're saying, but I don't think that's true. There's room for both of those. I mean, those are different audiences as well, but. um,
1: Well, no, I I mean, I mean, I I mean, in terms of like, I don't know. Have you watched? uh, Sorry, um, Little Miss Sunshine. There is there are some some of those indie movies, quote unquote, that get to be a little formulaic, and I think, um, I also think like. There is something to be said yeah, for like the Fast and the Furious, is right. <laughs> oh, okay, Mr. Straight Man, I hear you. Okay. okay. <laughs> Wait, you don't you don't think uh, Vin Diesel is beefy and oh, Dreamy you and the Rock? You don't even.
0: I'm gonna give you a little inside tip here. That's, I'm taking a puff of a cigarette. Sorry, as I did that. That's funny. Um. Vin, well. Rumor has told me on many occasions that Vin Diesel is a very, very, very gay man. Uh-huh. Very gay. Uh, which, which is – I know this is just gossip. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ben Diesel. I didn't mean to spread this rumor on though.
1: I mean um, I still I, – I, he can still be my Toretto <laughs> if he's <yeah>. gay. <laughs> I've – well, I would in this
0: day and age, I would hope so. Uh, I've, never <laughs> se- I've never seen those films. I just my ex boyfriend was like a race car driver, journalist thing. I don't want to talk But those films just triggered everything for me. I was like, uh. uh. <laughs> but if, if you're telling me they have decent plots, I'll I'll, I'll go back and watch them. I'll, no, I'll the
1: plots aren't what you watch them for. Um. So actually, oh, going so- back to I want to go back to Buffy because Buffy was pretty big for me too. Um, Buffy's a changer. Life-
0: Buffy was a life changer for everyone who watched it.
1: There was a period where I was severely depressed and I would watch those, those uh, rec- VHS recorded episodes over and over again. One of my favorites yeah. is the, the Angel Buffy crossover that takes place during the uh, Boxer Rebellion, which was really cool. Yeah. And, then, and yeah, I I knew that you were gonna know <laughs> what I'm talking about. And then my yeah. favorite season of that show, hands down, aside from like the first three, which are really good, but I think the best season is, um, well, please the best. Say season, cons- please say season five. Please say season. Yeah, five. Yeah, the one, the no. last one, the last one, the one where where uh, what's her name is the key, and then there's that, yeah. uh, and she's fighting what's the gun. And and I think that what they did with the with the follow up season was really cool, where she had been in heaven and then now she had to be back on earth and trying to like yeah. exist. But but really that whole uh, that season was like it, I'm, it, it got it, it could have ended. It, in fact, if they had ended in season five,
0: that that finale that would have been one of the greatest TV endings ever. Absolutely. Um, I agree with you. Like, I, I argue, too, that season six is okay because of the... I think, actually, season six is a fairly strong season, but that's when you are get super into Buffy. But season five, that finale, that, the season five finale was one of the greatest scenes in TV history, and I'm glad that you just brought it up.
1: Oh, no, I, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. It was, it was that good. So, like, and yeah. I love that, like... um because they introduce this sister character a few this which is which is a brilliant such yeah. a brilliant introduction they, they, they introduce in the a random, random sister character look how excited you're getting <laughs> i'm like out of my mind right now i'm like out of my mind <laughs> they, they they do uh, they do some really cool stuff on that but like they introduce her i think in season 4 uh, out of nowhere no
0: they didn't did no no they didn't they did it they didn't Oh, wait at the very last episode of season four they introduce her yeah the very last scene of the last episode and that can i just talk about this really quickly yeah go ahead go ahead because that's a tv trope and this is the it's not just that they handled this so brilliantly he played joss whedon played with the tv trope so in many sitcoms uh, and dramas over the years when the, during the seasons and they weren't all like Buffy doesn't get the credit for being the serial show that it was too. Yeah. Uh, it actually is the staple for much of what we watch today. Oh, absolutely. like the way that they, yeah. And thank you for, thank you. And then <laughs> uh, one of the things that I really appreciated about that uh, introduction, her name is Dawn. Yes. That's her sister, Dawn. The introduction of that character is so brilliant on so many fucking levels that it still hurts my brain because you could, if someone wants to even copy that right now, they, they could. Uh, but they did such an eloquent job uh, in sitcoms and many TV shows when the the ratings started to lag. And you can look at—I mean, this goes to the Cosby Show as well. I think that's when they introduced Raven. But yeah. a lot of the white sitcoms, there would always be like this uh, growing pains. I'm trying to think of another example. Maybe even Who's the Boss there's always like some redheaded adopted child who shows up when the ratings start to lag Yeah. No. and Joss, the ratings were not lagging for Buffy at that time, but they were having network problems. And he introduced a new character, a new sister who was redheaded, who was
1: like bratty and problematic. And, uh, and obnoxious, to be honest, like I, 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 I was resistant to her for a while.
0: Brilliant! She is a brilliant. I still, if I could make a movie right now with any Hollywood actress, it would be her. I can't remember her name, but I love her. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah. So so, and then also, I mean, it's we can't like deny the fact that Joss Whedon's fingers are in anything. He just uh, did the punch up for the Justice League movie that was terrible, Uh, and he did the first.
0: not his, Not his fault.
1: Not his fault. Oh, no, no. It wasn't his fault. I mean, that whole movie was... That, it, it, even the Justice League is... Uh, What's-his-name's fault? The the director. Um, who? Zack Snyder. I liked the
0: watch... I'm a huge watchman. The graphic novel. I, that's Alan Moore. Yeah. Just for the listeners who stayed. Um, that book is amazing. And that was a really hard thing to accomplish. I I am... I know that I'm in a minority here with concern to this, uh, but I actually think the Watchmen film is a fairly decent, film. Oh, I like film.
1: it. I like it, too. It's, it, it's yeah. really beautiful. That's one thing you can say for Zack Snyder. His movies, storyline-wise, they may not be a, a tremendous, but even uh, Batman v Superman looks pretty nice. It's visually stunning. No. Well, I lo-
0: you, you lost me at that one. but oh,
1: no. v- <laughs> well, Visually, yeah, because he's taking a lot of scenes
0: from the con- – like he is one of the few people who takes like uh, the book seriously, so he makes iconic moments from uh, certain things uh, that other he- – he knows what diehard fans want to see, and he does bring it to life. So I, I will would disagree
1: that. with that on how he handled S- Superman, and that brings us to an interesting uh, – topic oh, okay. because Superman is a is a divisive character, I think in the community, uh but yeah. I fucking love him. I think that when people when people say that um that Superman like isn't brave uh because he had he it, like nothing can hurt him and all of that and like I'm like you're missing the entire point. The point is that oh. he is a god that was raised well by people from Kansas, and the danger Thank of him you- is. Was that? Yeah, yeah. I just said thank, thank,
0: thank you. i Kansas.
1: Yes. Um, and and that's basically the storyline. It's not about how brave he is. It's about the constant decision to make he makes to not exploit his power over people and the danger of him. Like there's all that's why Batman. That's why the relationship between him and Batman is so interesting. Batman and Superman have a mutual respect for each other, but Batman knows that when, it, when like, you know, if anything goes wrong, he needs that kryptonite, and that's why he just has kryptonite with him all the time.
0: Well, Superman, I mean, essentially, I mean, we can get to the Abrahamic, you know, tale of which, what they're doing, and again, as an adopted kid from uh, Kansas, Superman spoke to me deeply <clears throat> on a certain level, but he also, I agree with you uh, uh, on what you just said, but I would also, I mean he symbolizes America like that's the concept like uh, like empirically he has this power uh does he use it responsibly I mean Spider-Man gets all the credit for with great power blah blah blah. but Superman yeah defines that way more and yes, I would definitely also, I would also I'd argue also that Batman then represents the other side of America like it's like I don't like using the term dark. It's an, I'm actually been trying to work away from this word mostly. Cause I think the, sto, the, I know it's ubiquitous in our culture and part of like fairy tales and all that stuff, but it's, it's getting really problematic because it goes in the skin tone, even Batman being a white man, yada, yada. It's this idea of, you know, black versus white darkness versus light. Um, yes, yeah, symbolically it's important. Um, but it's uh, that's a that's a different topic but it's uh, it's something I'm actually deeply thinking about how we constantly use these words even uh, when we think they don't have a uh, I think our vocabulary has much more of a power than we we tend to give it credit for oh yeah